Hello there, and thank you for downloading this Property Today podcast from the 24th of October. Now, as ever, I was joined in the studio by Mohamed Alwadir, the wolf of real estate. And this week, our special focus was real estate management. Mohamed had plenty of advice for landlords on how much you should be spending on keeping your property spick and span. He also took your questions on everything from gardening to group ownership And we discussed all the top real estate stories from the last few days, not least this extraordinary story about a moon-based resort. We spoke to the man in the moon, or at least the architect behind that moon resort, which could be built right here in Dubai at the foot of the Palm Jumeirah. Prospective designer Michael Henderson joined us on the line. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there. Welcome back to our special segment. It is Property Today. It is our opportunity to focus on all the real estate stories that have been crossing our desks over the last 24 to 48 hours. And there have been many. Uh, And what's great is, as ever, I'm joined in the studio by Mohamed Alwadir, the wolf of real estate, who is here to give us his insights and expertise and also to answer your questions. Hello. Hi, Georgia. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. (laughs) You feel quiet in my ears again. Turn myself up. I'm having... um, you might not have heard earlier this morning, and in fact, um, not everyone who if people have just tuned in, I basically managed to nearly kill myself by drinking tea this morning. No way! Yeah, yeah I literally uh, you're I, a coffee I drinker inhaled. Usually. I know, I know, I inhaled tea this morning, and as a consequence, I think I think I've got about eight milliliters of of tea in my lungs, so oh I'm close God. to death. <laughs> so I'm very pleased that you're here for my final hours, yeah, I, basically. I, I, no, I hope no, I hope I will I recover. Hope you recover very well. But you're going to have to do a lot of talking because no. I've lost my voice I'll take over anyway I I think uh, it's the talk of town everybody's talking about real estate they want to rent they want to buy they want to sell they want to invest there are so many stories so let's get to it I think everybody's excited to to know what's happening uh, this week they are indeed and there's been a big uh, one news story that came through that really caught my eye uh, because we're about to renew our rent and I certainly do not want to have to do this because (laughs) it's the one check rents scenario uh, on the rise again apparently according to uh, a report in the national newspaper saying one in three people now pay an entire year's rent to their landlord up front now I thought that this habit had started to die out and, and we'd even started to get direct debits now, monthly direct debits. Uh, yes, but even though it's uh, direct debit is a mode of payment, but the actual one check is a landlord's market where they're demanding to get their payment up front, whether through a check or direct debit. Uh, I think the market is changing. Uh, as I mentioned, we are in the landlord's market now because of the increasing demand, a limited uh, supply. So landlords are taking advantage of the market uh, you know conditions, and they're starting to shift their um, requirements to uh, smaller payments, like one or two payments. Having said that, for all the tenants listening, and also for the landlords, uh, you all have to abide by the laws. Uh, law 26 of 2007 and 33 of 2008, the rental laws of the Emirate of Dubai, they dictate that any change in any of the terms of the contract must be communicated 90 days prior to the expiry date of the contract including the mode of payment, the number of checks, or even the actual rent value. So if you are a tenant and the landlord sends you a notice saying, hey, I want you to change from uh, four checks to one check, you have the right to say no. And it has to be served to you in a proper notice at least 90 days before the expiry of the contract. If they send it like two months before, they have no right to ask you for that even to start with. But if they actually do it, 
uh, within the 30 days notice or before that, you have the right to dispute that. And if you don't agree, you can go to the rent dispute center and they will, you know, uh, uh, they will they will actually resolve the situation. And I think uh, Dubai overall is that tenant friendly uh, emirates or city. So I don't see a lot of problem happening there. This is maybe more of a problem for people who are just arriving or people who are re- relocating to another property. That's where the landlords are in full control. They say, listen, I will only rent it with one check or two checks. Take it or leave it. Because that is the, I, I, can, I think that's sort of okay. If you're moving yeah. house and you're moving to a brand new landlord, yes. and, and ultimately, particularly in the villa market, there isn't much uh, there isn't much out there, frankly. Because of the limited supply and the huge demand on villas. Absolutely. But if you're, if our landlord told us, in, in uh, even now with 90 days notice, that come January, he was going to need the whole rent up front, that would basically change our perspective of being able and, to pay the school and, fees. And as I said, as per the law, you have the right to say no. Yeah. And if he doesn't agree, you can go to the rent dispute center and they will definitely support you with this. Very interesting to hear that essentially these one-check payments rose by 8% compared with last year. Yeah. It now makes up 32% of the transaction. So it really is one in three. Uh, the next common is four checks. That's 30% of the market, uh, followed by two checks, 22%, three checks, 9%, five checks, 5%, and only 1% of people do 12 checks. Yeah, but you know what? This is because the market dynamics have changed. Yeah. Uh, when the market had more supply or, you know, a slowdown, uh, the 12 checks was very common um, and uh, landlords were becoming more flexible, even offering grace periods, one or two months free to attract tenants. It's all uh, over now. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just a phase. I think things will go back to normal when more supply comes in and things settle down a little bit. Gradual. It's all about it's all about riding this period out and not yes. moving house yeah, unless you really have to. Exactly. Yeah. If you're happy at the home you're at right now, just stay there. <laughs> there will be no moving in our household, that's for sure. Uh, right, a really interesting report coming through, uh, giving us a bit of an indication of who is buying property right yep. here in the UAE. Uh, mm. Russians yes. are the top property buyers yes. in Dubai. Uh, Indians are coming third. Uh, is that what you would expect? To be honest with you, I didn't expect Russians to jump to the first place that fast. Uh, they've been always on the top 10, more or less. But it used to be always for for foreigner uh, buyers. It used to be always South Asians, Indians and Pakistanis. Uh, they slipped to second or third now place because of the you know political instability, what's happening and uh, all over the world. And the UAE and Dubai as we got used to it. It's it's a safe haven. Yeah. So everybody is coming to Dubai. They're bringing their families to settle down here. They're bringing their wealth to invest it here. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised, but uh, I didn't expect them to jump to first place that fast. <laughs> it is quite impressive, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So they've surpassed Indians, British, and Italian investors. That's just in the last in that last third quarter, quarter report. Yes, correct. Before that, in the first half of 2022, Indians were the top buyers yeah. in Dubai, followed by citizens of the UK, Italy, Russia, and yeah. France. His- historically, it used to be like this. These are the that's the general nationalities. Yes. <laughs> that's really interesting. I mean, certainly as far as the the number of people coming into schools in yeah. the last six months, we've noticed a real influx of, of Russian-speaking children in the schools. Correct. So it makes sense that yeah, people yeah. are buying houses as well. 
Yeah, yes. fascinating stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, what is also interesting about these numbers that have come through is that there is one Indian gentleman who appears to have bought two of the biggest houses on the Palm just recently. Correct. So The latest was the $163 million I mean, <laughs> on the Palm. I mean, mind-blowing. Just months after. He's actually breaking his own record now. <laughs> it's quite impressive that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that, we're, that, it's, that it's that impressive that, that these villas, it is uh, Mukesh Ambani. Correct. The second uh, richest uh, man in India. <laughs> clearly deciding that he'd quite like a second home and a third home indeed. Yeah, in... I, th- I think everybody wants a piece of Dubai now and... Uh, it's open for, you know, uh, investors. Uh, it's open for people with the right qualifications. It's open for uh, content creators and celebrities. Um, the Golden Visa is actually offered to all of these categories. So why not let them come here to the safe haven and, you know, be part, part of Dubai's success story? Why not indeed? It is an eye-watering amount of money. Uh, but fair to say Mukesh Ambani can afford it. He has a net worth of $84 billion. Correct. Uh, he bought this Palm Jumeirah mansion last week for $163 million from the family of the Kuwaiti yes, tycoon. Yes, Shaya Group. Yes. yes. <laughs> How interesting is that? Um, but, uh, but apparently, I mean, this is all rumours because they're not authorised to speak publicly so none of us actually know for sure but I think it does seem to have diluted through what do you get for 163 million dollars Oh man, it's like what? What does it look like? Is it is it a proper palace? It's it's uh, it's more like a mansion. These are called the tip uh, villas. They're uh, they're usually uh, you know uh, they enjoy a very large plot, beautiful views, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, super upgraded, well built. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's it's more about also from a real estate point of view. We we don't actually look at it from a. Um, like a calculated financial point of view, it's more the emotional of you know aspect of it. Once like, it gets to that it's, stage, it's a, when you get to that stage, it's like buying a super luxury brand. You know, it's like yeah. ladies listening uh, when they go buy an uh, Hermes bag or a Chanel. Yes, it's not about the rational aspect of it. Or when you buy a Ferrari, for example, it's about the status. It's yeah. about uh, you know the lifestyle you get uh, associated with it. So, yeah, um, congrats to him. Um, yeah, I yeah. think it's going to be a marvellous house. <laughs> Good on him. And they've got to, nice and easy to see the grandchildren uh, when, you come, when you come here on holiday. Yes. It just works perfectly. <laughs> I can see the scenario. Uh, absolutely fascinating. Now, uh, the other big story that, of course, hit the headlines again in the last few days was the Moon Resort yeah. allegedly selecting Dubai Pearl as a location for their $5 billion mega project. I definitely want to get your reaction to yeah. this, Mahanid. But up next, we're actually going to be speaking to one of the architects behind the Moon World Resorts. Michael Henderson will be joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, Just a few words. What do you think about this this resort, the possibility of it? If you haven't seen it, the picture, it's a massive, it's a moon, like a massive moon. It's online. They can Google it and see it. I think it's good news that this project is finally moving on. Uh, And thanks to uh, Dubai Holding Real Estate, Dubai Properties, they acquired that plot and they're bringing it back to life again. So it's good news um, and it's a fantastic location. I'm not so sure about having a moon there, (laughs) but but let's hear the experts. I'm a bit skeptical about this, but uh, um, let's see what they're going to come up with. I mean, Dubai is renowned now for building the most fascinating, iconic projects in the world. I mean, we have the Palm, we have... uh, uh, a lot of amazing structures and beautiful, the tallest the tower, the Burj. Yeah. We have amazing structures uh, in Dubai. But uh, 
I, w- I would really like to uh, <laughs> to see what uh, the consultants uh, or the, the project developers behind this idea would have to say about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. It definitely remain, remains hypothetical, but we will hear from Michael Henderson, the co-founder and architect of that Mooned World project. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there. Welcome back to the programme. Welcome back to our real estate segment, Property Today. And our hot topic for the programme uh, today, alongside Mohanad Alwadia, the Wolf of Real Estate, who's co-hosting with me as <laughs> ever. Uh, so the big topic today is that Dubai Pearl site, which is once again under consideration for development. And one US company in particular is pitching for their resort to be built there. A little bit of a history, Mohanad, uh, about the Dubai Pearl site, because it was derelict for a while, wasn't it? So, yeah, it, it's actually uh, at the entrance of the marvellous uh, Palm Jumeirah, um, very strategic location. Um, the project Dubai Pearl, um, when it was first launched, had a lot of exciting news uh, around it. It was um, managed and developed by a very reputable local family here. The project went through uh, some tough times during the infamous economic crisis. Uh, then it was put on hold for a very long time. Now, most recently, um, the land has been acquired by Dubai Properties, part of Dubai Holding Real Estate. And uh, it went back to life, which is great news for the city, for people who invested there, for, uh, you know, the overall reputation of Dubai. So it's very exciting news. And uh, now the latest news is about the moon. Uh, I've seen it in uh, in social media uh, coming up uh, a bit. I'm actually not so sure how it's going to. I'm excited actually to hear the interview. Yes. uh, Because um, uh, I'm not sure if this is can be done and if it's the right place or not and how it's going to shape up this whole area in Jumeirah having a moon just next to the beach there. Well, exactly. So if you're wondering, the Moon World Resort, it would bring a truly extraordinary structure to the site with a hotel topped by a massive globe standing 200 metres tall with a 600 metre circumference. Now, earlier I spoke to Michael R. Henderson. He's the co-founder of the Moon World Resort Inc. And I started by asking him, is this Moon Resort a genuine potential project? When anything is presented that's a little bit different, or in our case, very different, there's always a concern, perhaps, that is this real, is it doable? And the truth is, in today's world of architecture, engineering, design, construction techniques, and so on, the project is actually very doable. We can make it happen. We can build it in a reasonable time frame at a reasonable cost, albeit it is an expensive item. But it all works. It's all real. It's all logical. And perhaps the best way to sort of look at it is space tourism was talked about seriously about 20 years ago. 2020 was the time when space tourism actually started to happen. So it took about 20 years of some great companies, some very well-funded companies to get there. So it's not easy. Space is not easy. Big projects are not easy. But, you know, if you keep at it long enough, the engineering answers and architectural answers actually present themselves. And so, yeah, it's absolutely real. It's buildable. It's doable. And we're going to make it happen. And so is there interest in it in the United Arab Emirates? Is it going to happen in the UAE? We are an architectural design and intellectual property licensor. We will license Moon to be built in four locations around the world. One in North America, which will be USA. One in Europe, which will most likely be southern Spain. One in the Asia-Pacific region, which we would like to develop in Singapore. And one in the MENA region, 
Within the MENA region, obviously, uh, there's Bahrain, Kuwait, Qatar, KSA, UAE. So there's various options because all of those areas are now getting into the hospitality and tourism business, as you know very well. Without doubt, the UAE is far ahead of everybody else. And in the UAE, Abu Dhabi or Dubai would work extremely well for Moon. Dubai is very compelling. It's just an amazing place. And we have been really surprised at the generous outpouring of interest from Emirati citizens who really seem to love the project and would love to have it in Dubai. So is Dubai, uh, you know, a front runner? I would say yes. But of course, you know, a lot of things still have to uh, come together to make it happen. But Moon in Dubai is, is completely logical. Okay, so where would, could or should it be located in Dubai? Obviously, we've all seen those pictures of it located at the base of the, the palm, Jumeirah, yep. in, in a sort of development area that's now called the Pearl. And since this story broke a few months ago, there have been suggestions that Nikhil indeed are planning to redevelop the Pearl because it sat derelict for a good 10 years. Would that be a good location? Uh, we think that particular location would be excellent. Many, many years ago, we looked at that location and thought it would be terrific. But as you rightly say, it was promoted as the Dubai Pearl. And unfortunately, that went through uh, a number of iterations and obviously didn't work. It's now a blight on the Dubai landscape. And so our understanding is that the existing product that's there, maybe one third or two thirds built, will all be demolished. And I guess it will be, once again, a piece of virgin landscape. It would be perfect for Moon. It would be a real showstopper. Um, you know, it's seen from so many different angles uh, around Dubai, mm -hmm. so it would be pretty stunning. But ultimately, it'll be up to the regional licensee and the government of Dubai where Moon would actually go. We would be by far the largest tourism attraction in Dubai. We will bring an additional 10 million annual visitors. So nothing in Dubai that's currently there will come close to the draw. And so that's important that the location would be a prime location. And a lot of the messages we've got from Emirati people are that they would like to see it there. Okay, so tell me what it would have that would attract so many people as, as a tourist destination, because that's quite a grand statement to say that it would pull in more people than any of the attractions that we've got already. I mean, we've got water parks, we've got the Burj Khalifa, we've got the fountains, we've got Dubai Mall itself. So what would actually be yep. in the Moon Resort? Let me first clarify that Dubai is full of amazing product. There are amazing things in Dubai. It makes it very, very special. But you know, when you break down what you've said, water parks, yes, but they're everywhere. Uh, malls, yes, but they're everywhere. Beautiful hotels, yes, Dubai is full of them, but they're everywhere. To try to get something that's totally unique and different, yes, of course, the Burj Khalifa is spectacular. It's an incredible tall building, but all their tall buildings are currently being built around the world. And, you know, there will come a time when it won't be the tallest building. It'll be the second tallest and then the third tallest. What makes Moon so different and so unique is there's nothing like it around the world. Uh, there's nothing remotely close to it. It'll be the largest sphere by a very substantial margin. And of course, the theme of our project is Moon. So it's the biggest brand in the world. Seven and a half billion people already know our brand. So it's the biggest brand on planet Earth. Also, within Moon, there are multiple component parts that make the project up. 
lots of hotel, 4,000 five-star suites. What makes us really different is in your lifetime, you're going to be able to walk on what you will believe to be the lunar surface. You'll be able to explore a lunar colony in real time, and you'll be able to do it affordably. Um, space tourism is very exciting, but very expensive. Virgin Galactic might cost you two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars for a few minutes of weightlessness. For five hundred dollars, which most people could put on their credit card, you'll be able to spend ninety minutes exploring the actual lunar surface and exploring an amazing lunar colony. So that really sets us apart. So apart from the architecture and engineering, which is why people go to see the Burj Khalifa because the architecture and engineering are spectacular. We offer an amazing array of unique things you can do inside the project. And um, I think that's what's going to really draw the mass volume crowds. So just to clarify, you'll be modeling the lunar experience effectively. Will you be modeling the weightlessness or is it just a recreation of what the lunar surface looks like? Yeah, it'll be an exact replica. The whole project is very realistic. It's not you know, a theme park. This is a very authentic approach to impressing astronauts, not simply impressing average guests, if you like. So a lot of thought has gone into what you're actually going to see, what you're actually going to be able to feel and smell and touch. And and so it's going to be extremely authentic and extremely spectacular. Weightlessness will be dealt with in three or four different elements within the project. And so we will be able to let you feel exactly what the weightlessness is like. It's just going to blow your mind. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just trying to, to sort of truly comprehend it is slightly blowing my mind. I mean, do you think one of the reasons why the idea is gaining so much traction here in the United Arab Emirates is because there is a lot of enthusiasm for space and space exploration in this area? We have wondered ourselves over this past few months what has suddenly happened because previously, you know, media have covered the story uh, a little bit here and a little bit there, but of late, it has just exploded. And we've tried to figure out ourselves what on earth suddenly happened. And we think it's a convergence around the world, not just in the UAE, of interest in space. NASA's going back with the Artemis program. Space tourism's finally taken off. Maybe post-COVID people are excited to get out and do special things or whatever. But it's just been beyond anything that we have ever experienced before. And it's not simply the UAE. We have 550 media outlets around the world currently covering the project. And we we have thousands of people who write to us on a daily basis from everywhere. So yes, definitely, there is a lot of excitement around space. And as you will know, UAE has got its own space program and it's going to be doing lots of exciting things in space. And it's a technology-driven society and they want to do things that are different and big and exciting. So maybe all of that has come together at this time and maybe it's the right time. Michael Henderson there, the co-founder of Moon World Resorts, Inc. I'd love to get your views on whether or not you think this is a project that's likely to happen. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Welcome back to the programme 1141. Uh, It is 
your chance to start asking Mohanad Alwadia questions. He is the wolf of real estate. He's, I've kept him in the studio. He's never allowed out. He has to come at 11 <laughs> and he's not allowed to leave the room for an hour. Gladly. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm I also, I'm very happy to answer any questions because I know it's very important for everybody to figure out and understand exactly what they have to do with their real estate decisions. Exactly. So uh, this is your moment to get those in. 4001 is the text. Or you can WhatsApp us on 04871 Questions Questions have already come in. One of them is along the lines of, are foreigners permitted to have 100% ownership of property in Dubai? Mohanid will answer that and more in the next few minutes. But any questions you've got, where you should buy, what you should buy, sure. when you should buy, how you should buy, all of those questions. Uh, Mohanid is, is uh, he's, he's nearly done his PhD and, and he's got 20, maybe 30? No, you're too young for that. Yeah, 20 no, years of yeah, experience. More than 20 years. In this market. Uh, so he really is the right person to ask. And in fact, one of your, each week we like to do a sort of themed topic with Correct. you. And what are we doing this week? Uh, this week I want to talk about maintenance because it's becoming a like a, a very popular topic now, especially between landlords and tenants as renewals, uh, even during the ownership, um, you know, uh, or sorry, the experience of renting a property. And owners also take always uh, consideration of this because it impacts their bottom line. Um, the thing is, uh, I have a message for all, for all owners and landlords. Uh, to own is to maintain. So they need to understand that this is part of uh, the ownership of any property. Uh, most landlords that I know, they love money. They, they always focus on the rent. But when it comes to maintenance, they become very stingy and they don't want to even pay anything about it. So what I want to do in the next few minutes is just talk about uh, a few uh, uh, points that they should take into consideration, mainly the benefits of investing in maintenance, because I see it as an investment. It's not just an expense. Um, so I'll just go through them very quickly. The first point is when you invest in a proper maintenance plan, you can save a lot of money on the long run. Imagine, Georgia, you driving your car and you hear a small ticking noise in the car, like tick, 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 and you decide to ignore it. What's going to happen? That is all what I it's, always do. It, yes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go more and more and more yeah. and you keep ignoring it until boom. Uh, yes. Right? Uh, so if you pay pay the, to fix it in the beginning, you're going to pay a couple of hundreds. But when it explodes, God forbid, and that the, means... Things like the boilers, that the, the, the yes. hot water boilers, yes. they explode and then they come through and drench your entire bathroom so and your expensive towels. applies to properties. They need to make sure that they... You know, invest in it when it's still small. Uh, it's also a great way to retain tenants. It's very important. One of the top three reasons why tenants leave any property is because of poor maintenance. So if you want your tenants to stay as an investor, because tenants mean cash flow, right? You have to take care of the property. Uh, third, it allows them to demand a higher rent. Now, every, it's the talk of town. All landlords are trying to increase their rent. If you want to really have a strong negotiation position, you must invest in maintenance because it matters to the tenants. Uh, the next point, it minimizes emergency or extraordinary repairs. And it also prevents you from being put under any legal uh, you know, disputes because you've ignored maintenance. Imagine a situation where a tenant says, hey, Mr. Landlord, I have a major maintenance issue. It could endanger me, my family or my employees. And you, you ignore it. That would really put that landlord into a very legal, you know, uh, yeah, bad I mean, situation. If, if it's especially if it's electrics or something like that. Sometimes you hear of tr real tragedies exactly. because people haven't sealed live and, wires. And, and it's a serious legal matter if, if God forbid something happens like that. And the last point for all the landlords to consider, this is a great way and a great excuse to enter the property. I get a lot of calls from landlords saying, hey, listen, I want to inspect my property, but the tenants are refusing to do so. You know what, Georgia, I've never 
seen a tenant refusing to receive uh, free maintenance to clean the ducts of their AC or to repair the AC, especially just before the start of summer, right? So when you send a message to your tenant saying, listen, I'm going to do the regular maintenance for, you know, to repair, I don't know, the plumbing or the air conditioning systems, they always welcome it. And that's a good excuse for you to enter the property and inspect it while you're completing your maintenance. And check that they're not keeping 300 cats and 200 birds inside. They're not violating any of the terms of the contract. So these are the benefits. It has financial aspects. It protects their investment. It helps them in maintaining the cash flow. So I, I really urge all landlords to become responsible landlords uh, and invest in protecting their investment and protecting the tenants that are actually trusting them to live in these properties. Do you know, uh, because we rent a flat out in London, which is where we used to live, yeah. and uh, and then we didn't sell it when we moved over here because we were that, that classic expat. We were only going to come for two years. <laughs> uh, eight years later, we're still here. Um, and I have to say, every time we manage our property in London ourselves, and every time I get a call from the tenant, my heart sinks because, of course, it's a maintenance issue. Yeah. But you're right. It is it, it, very encouraging words there. That is exactly... You know, when they need a new boiler, ultimately you shouldn't look at it as just an expense. You are improving the property ultimately and protecting your own investment. You know, if if you leave it, it's gonna like the first example I gave, I gave you. It's gonna get worse and worse and worse, and then it's gonna cost you so much money. The yeah. tenants will not care; they might just move out. But this is your home. This is the property that you put a lot of you know, money into to make sure that it stays for the long run and it delivers the cash flow and the capital appreciation you hope from it. Excellent advice there, as ever, from Mohanad Awadir. If it's triggered any questions that you might have, this is your chance to get them in. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Right, welcome back to the programme. It is our hour on real estate, but we are nearing the end. So if you've got any questions... For Mohanad Awadir, the wolf of real estate, now is the moment to ask them because we've only got a few minutes, but you will answer them after the show, won't yes, you? Yes, I will. If anybody has any questions, they can send them across uh, and I will reply to them with a voice message via WhatsApp. Amazing. So keep them coming. Right. One here uh, from Zishan who says, good morning. I wanted to ask who maintains the garden? Um, the gardens, if it's within a villa, it has to be managed by the tenant. If it's within the common areas of a building, then it has to be covered by the um, owner association management company that will appoint a facility management company that typically will have a landscaping team to take care of it. And typically they get paid by the annual service charges paid by the owners, not the tenants. Interesting. I have to say that in my compound, I'm responsible for my little shoestring post box inside but then certainly around the compound that Uh, that's done by the by the landlord either he appoints a facility management company directly or if it's a freehold project then the owner association management company will take care of that okay so another message comes through uh uh, ricky says happy diwali wolves thanks ricky Ah, i appreciate it happy diwali (laughs) to you uh one person here says i'm a property owner can you please explain to me why i have to cover maintenance if the unit is new or under warranty interesting um can I use uh, an, an analogy from cars? Yes, totally. When you buy a brand new car, the car is covered by warranty. But okay. you still have to take it for regular service, right? Every, let's say, 10,000 or 15,000 kilometers. True. Warranty covers manufacturing defects. I call them birth defects in the actual asset, be it a car or a property. And typically, it's one year from the uh, date of issuing the building completion certificate for 12 months. There is also structural warranties that take longer. But this doesn't mean that things don't break down or things that 
you know, humans actually, if you, if you, uh, if you're driving your car and you crash it, the warranty will not cover it, right? So if you're in your house and you break a window or a tile pops up or something, a tile pops up actually will be covered by the warranty. But if you actually break it yourself, then you have to pay for it. Okay, a uh, big question here from Dade. He says, um, I basically, I, I listened to Dubai Eye where I got your number and I've got a specific question for sure. Mohammed. I'd like to buy real estate under a company that I plan to form with some of my friends. We plan to use the property as investment and to rent out for short stays. I'm Dutch, but I'm going to move to Dubai by the end of the year. My friends are based in the UK and Canada. How do you go about this? What type of legal entity or company would you advise us to form? Any other legal structure you advise us to put in place? Um, it's very straightforward. They just need to form a company either in the mainland with Dubai Economic Department or any of the free zones um, and then divide and buy the property and the property will be allocated to the shareholders according to their percentages, which will be uh, reflected in the um, uh, memorandum of association, um, the percentages and also the property title deed will reflect these percentages or it can be just owned by the company and then that's an internal matter. Um, the thing he mentioned about turning it into a holiday home, short, renting it short term, that requires also specific licensing. I recommend that he gets in touch with a holiday home operator that have the light licenses uh, in place to actually take care of this for them because this is a specific license that has to be handled by professional company. And they can just do all of that for you and they just yes. charge you but a fee. In terms of ownership, Dubai allows any nationality to invest in it in any of the designated freehold or leasehold uh, areas. Ah, now that picks up on another question that's come in from Men- MJ. Yeah. Uh, says, wishing you a good week. Thank, Thank you, you, MJ. <laughs> Are foreigners permitted to have 100% ownership of property in Dubai? Yes, within the uh, freehold designated areas, which were announced in 2002 in Dubai. 2001, uh, the UAE or Dubai allowed foreigners to buy in leasehold areas. The difference is freehold allows you to own it 100% forever. Uh, you have the full ownership of the property. Uh, leasehold is usually limited to a, a period of time. Typically, it can reach up to 99 years. So this is the only difference. But all nationalities can own property in Dubai. And please don't mistake this for free zones. Free zones is a totally different uh, areas where companies can set up without having a sponsor and they have 100% ownership of their companies. Okay, last question very, very quickly. Andrew yeah. says, should I be buying now at the top of the market or should I wait? Uh, I think you can buy at any point of time. Just pick the right area, pick the right property. Uh, there are so many criteria you need to take into consideration. But I still believe there are great lucrative opportunities in the Dubai property market. Uh, look at projects that are still under construction from reputable developers. Um, just from the top of my head, Central Park at uh, City Walk there for Miraz. There is Amudon um, Ar-Ranim for Dubai properties, for villas and townhouses. They're amazing projects. Check them out. And definitely, it's still a good time to buy. Interesting stuff. And if you want any advice on what you should be looking for when you buy a property, just go back to our Property Today yes. podcast because Mohanad has covered that in the past and you, it, the, the podcast is very clearly labelled. So just go back on to dubaii103.8.com and look at the podcast and you can download all of the sort of the advice segments that Mohanad has given us. Right. Any more questions that come in, I will send to Mohanad and he will answer with a voice memo. So keep them coming. But it's time to say goodbye to Mohanad. So Bye. goodbye. Thank you so much. <laughs> See you soon.